welcome back to Three Decades of Tragedy, a history of the Thirty Years' War. So, last week we talked about the Spanish and Dutch, and me, forgetting to some of my source books, found a rather short but a little primary document of Spain going back to war with the Dutch. So, I thought it would be fun to start off with that. For context, this is one of the advisors to King Philip IV talking about why they should go to war with the Dutch. Almost all the kings and princes of Europe are jealous of your greatness. You are the main support in defense of the Catholic religion. For this reason, you have renewed the war with the Dutch and all other enemies of the church who are their allies. And your principal obligation is to defend yourself and to attack them. So I found that, and I thought it was... I wish I had thought of it last week, but it's thought it'd be a fun little thing to say. But since I have nothing to talk about before the actual episode, let's get right into the episode. So while the fighting had been done in the West with Frederick and those men, on the eastern front of what I would call the eastern front, there were still two people that were fighting. There was Jägerdorf, who, if you remember correctly, was the guy fighting the Saxons up north, and then there was Bethlen. Starting with Jägerdorf, he still held the pass between Silesia and Bohemia, and I'll post an image of that so you can know where that is. It was still actually a gathering point for rebels who were done fighting or for soldiers who had fled the battles but didn't want to surrender. So he was still a significant enough force to represent a threat. Not maybe to win a war, but enough to keep the war going. Unfortunately for him, the upper... Unfortunately for him, the upper Lusitian and Silesian estates submitted to Frederick and were willing to assist him on matters militarily on the condition that religious tolerance would be accepted in their lands and they would be given less harsh punishments for their involvement in the war. That unfortunately left Jägendorf's position untenable since he was effectively surrounded, so he left the town of Gorlitz by March 3rd, 1621, and continued to fight, which was bolstered by Bethlen, who we will cover in a little bit. Actually, right now. Bethlen, even though the peace talks were going on since post the Battle of White Mountain, was not necessarily willing to stop fighting, considering he saw it as dishonorable to stop fighting despite the fact that he made an alliance with the rebels. It was dishonorable to him. Eventually, the peace talks were broken off. At the peace talks, Ferdinand was prepared to give land concessions to Bethlen, but the condition was that Bethlen would be forced to give up the crown of Hungary and lose his royal title. He would still be like a, an elector and a prince, but he would not be the king of Hungary anymore. Unfortunately, Bethlehem, for one, demanded that Frederick be part of the negotiations since he was a you know part of the early war and he was an ally of Bethlehem, which, if you guys know from my last episodes, Frederick was in the Netherlands or traveling through Europe, so he really wasn't available, especially because he was an outlaw. Seeing as these talks were basically turning to nothing, both sides used this to harass each other and to gather forces. The Catholics, by the time the talks broke down, had gathered around 25,000 men, with around 20,000 attached to Bukoy on the northern Danube, and around 5,000 with another commander on the southern bank for security in that sort of deal. Bethlehem, meanwhile, had around 17,000 light cavalry and 4,000 infantry. So the forces were roughly matched, but the train wasn't exactly suited to light cavalry inherently. By April 22nd, the talks had broke down, and Bukoy, being prepared to move, seized Pressburg after a short bombardment. McCoy then secured Moravia and Lower Austria against Transylvanian raids, moved on to Neuhausel, which was an important military fortress that had defected to Bethlehem earlier in 1619. Bethlehem was forced to retreat to Kassa, that was to his east, and he appealed to Jägendorf to join him. Jägendorf himself was forced to retreat from his position after a force of about 8,000 Saxons assaulted his position in Silesia and at, the, at that gap, and he found himself on the way to join Bethlehem. Bethlehem heard about the siege of, of Neuhausel, and sent 6,000 cavalry ahead to try to relieve the siege. They actually managed to capture several imperial outposts, and they actually trapped the besiegers within their own camp, which is not good for them. Another major blow to the imperials at this battle was McCoy was killed during the fighting. 
and he wouldn't really be replaced until 1625, was somewhat of a relief to the Protestants and rebels that were still fighting. Command then fell to an imperial commander named Colonel Maximilian Liechtenstein, who was basically in an even worse position once Bethlehem's main force arrived, which was around 15,000 men. Liechtenstein retreated to Schutz Island with around 8,000 men from the siege train after basically getting routed from the siege and being forced to leave their artillery and other siege works behind. He was trapped there and was forced to be supplied by other nearby garrisons. So they couldn't be taken, but they couldn't move at the same time. Bethlehem, seeing that those men were bottled up, ignored them and continued on to retake Chirnau by July 30th, and he joined up with Jägerndorf's 8,000 of mostly infantry artillery, which he really needed, considering he had a strong cavalry contingent but lacked a strong infantry contingent. Bethlehem then began besieging Pressburg and raiding into Moravia along with other Hungarian forces that were striking into Upper and Lower Austria. On the surface, Bethlehem was doing fairly well and doing a decent blow to the Imperials. Unfortunately for him, he had a lot of logistic problems. One which included that he lacked money, so he was unable to pay men and even pay the troops of Jägendorf. He also had around about half the men that he had the year before, which meant he could hurt the Imperials less than he could last year. The Hungarians were also tired, and they were unable to capture Pressburg, which depressed morale and hurt the overall unity and cohesion of the forces. Seeing that Bethlehem was bogged down, the Imperials got into action to try to push them back. Wallenstein collected several thousand men, and he rejoined the Imperial main forces, bringing their count to around 12,000 posts the losses against Bethlehem at Neuhausel. Ferdinand offered to renegotiate with Bethlehem, and he was willing to improve terms and bring an end to this war, mainly because of the fact that the war was exhausting, and even though he could win it, just keeping it going was more expensive, and like I mentioned in the previous season, the Imperials were heavily into debt, like, you know, 20 million, uh, whatever the currency at the time was, so, which is probably hundreds of millions of dollars in nowadays terms. I don't have the conversion because it's kind of hard at this point in history. Bethlehem was actually open to negotiations at this point, and by October, all offensive operations had ceased, and actual negotiations were happening. The terms were signed in Moravia, and it was ratified by January 6, 1622. Bethlehem was allowed to keep the seven upper Hungarian counties that he took, which makes up modern Slovakia, and Bethlehem supporters, for the most part, were given amnesty. Hungary was also allowed to have religious privileges, which meant Protestants were allowed to worship publicly and weren't ostracized because of that. Transylvania was also given independence, and Bethlehem was given the duchies of Alpen and Radebor, which were open at the time. In return, Bethlehem was forced to give up the crown of St. Stephen and renounce his royal title as King of Hungary. Jürgendorf, left without allies, retreated towards Glatz, but he lacked money and his troops deserted or defected over time, leaving him with no army and no real way to fight back. Glatz was put to siege on March 1622 and fell by October 25th. After Glatz was seized, the Saxons left, and Ferdinand left around 10,000 troops in Moravia in order to quell peasant revolts and keep peace. Effectively, almost all the rebel forces were done by this point. Again, next time, we will cover another man still fighting. But for the moment, a good chunk of the allies and other people that are fighting for the rebels were out or were not going to be involved anymore. It was a harsh blow. The rebellion was officially over, but after every war, there's always messy leftovers with stuff like this. But for the Protestants, the... It did not look good. The Dutch were not wanting to get involved. They were caught up in their own conflict with Spain. Bethlehem was out. Jägerndorf was out of the war too. Frederick was in the Netherlands at the time. England was the one to get involved. So yeah, for now, the Protestants are on the back foot and they won't regain it for a good amount of time. I just want to thank you for listening. Uh, please check out 
my social media, and you can email me at 3decot at gmail.com or use the contact me page at my website, which will be in the description below. Uh, I have a Patreon if you wish to support me. Next week, we cover more fighting and potentially cover a minor battle that actually happened. So, see you next time. <laughs>